0: You
1: built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? This is
0: the stupid Cancer show. Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mundus. <laughs> There, children. Hey, hey, kids. <laughs> People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late.
2: And now the hosts of the Stupid Cancer Show, Lisa Bernhard and Matthew Zachary. woo Not that there's anything
0: wrong with
3: us? <laughs> oh All right. <laughs> Monday, June 6th, and welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, The Voice of Young Adult Cancer. I'm Matthew Zachary, a 15-year young adult survivor of pediatric brain cancer.
4: And I'm Lisa Bernhard, 16-year young adult breast cancer survivor, and we're your hosts for the Stupid Cancer Show.
3: Got cancer? Under 40? Sucks, huh? Well, get busy living, because... The Stupid Cancer Show is here to change the world, one chemo infusion at a time.
4: Tonight's show is all about the free patient websites provided by the nonprofit Caring Bridge. Founder and CEO of Caring Bridge, Sona Merring, is with us, as is Nicholas Rivetuso. He's a two time young adult survivor and a Caring Bridge patron. And kicking it off in our Survivor Spotlight, to Aragon, she's a young adult survivor of Hodgkin's lymphoma, and she's the founder of Cinco Vidas. That's a company that caters to survivors,
3: and she'll tell us all about that. All as a reminder, this broadcast is a production of the I Am Too Young for This Cancer Foundation online at stupidcancer.com. We help young adults fight cancer every day, and are bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight where it belongs. Because it's not okay that 70,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer every year. And that's that. Yes. So, hello. And that's that. Yes. Hello, Lisa. Hello, friends. Welcome to another fun and exciting round to the hay on tonight's Stupid Cancer Show, where remission is not a cure. and Survivorship is all that matters.
4: And hello to all of our first-time listeners on the Blog Talk Radio Network and on iTunes as we broadcast all the way live from the chemo deck, our fabulous
3: studio in downtown Manhattan. And don't forget, folks, the Stupid Cancer Show has a live interactive chat feed during each broadcast, and we invite you to join in the fun... Connect with friends, make new friends, and ask questions of our guests. And I guess we can welcome our studio guest, Mr. Kenny Kane. Hello. He's back. I'd like, I'd like to welcome myself back. Yes, Kenny's no. Wa- well, Kenny, why don't you welcome the interns? Um, what's your name again? <laughs> we have other Kenny. We like to call him Okay. And we have Susie sitting over on the couch. Kenny and Susie make two thirds of our intern compliment. For the uh, season, correct? Correct. correct. Okay. And uh, returning champion, James Manning? Hey, hey. Hello, sir. How are you? Production assistant? Yes. Broadcast production associate. Assistant.
4: Associate.
3: Associate? Well, a man is the assistant. He's the associate.
4: Is associate higher than assistant, though? I don't know if he should be... We have
3: lep-frogs. leap left I told you to stop drinking. Perform. I can't help it. Okay. It just does that. The advice you Anyway, to the work. anyway, all right. He's a
4: fantastic so. assistant,
3: associate, no, it's production. fantastic. You do good work, Person. my friend. My Thank you.
4: Man.
3: All right. Well, anyway, welcome to our show. Welcome to our show. Hello, folks. everybody. Yes, welcome to our show.
4: Kenny Kane is back, and he's redder than ever.
3: Yes, he <laughs> is. my Well, I've been doing like a whole shitload of dog walking. Yes, that's true. I spend my days. Well, I guess it would have to be my days, walking the dog, and isn't uh, that a yo-yo maneuver? It is. Yes. Somebody hand him some okay. suntan lotion. Yeah, exactly.
4: His also his hair's grown out up top, so he's got lots of at least some kind red of hair. No, I'm
3: not clean shaven, but and I'm the not, red beard. I'm no, not you, quite bearded. You need the scruff. You need the scruff. Well, I look like a ten year old without it. Anyway, today is an, a really important day, not because it's G day, not because it was nas- It's the day after National Cancer Survivors Day, but today
0: yep.
3: is the 24th anniversary of my. Wait, I got queued up. My bar mitzvah. Oh. 24 years ago today, folks. Where did you
4: have your bar mitzvah?
3: God, I had my bar mitzvah in, like, Far Rockaway. Was it at a catering hall? Yeah, yeah. It was, okay. It was in Far Rockaway. Is that when the moil comes? No, no, no. No, the moil. It's the 37th anniversary of the the moil. I don't want to see any 24 year old scars. What was oh, an, I don't. If my dad's in the chat room, he'll remember the name of the place where my bar mitzvah was. So but.
4: everybody went to the synagogue first and then went to a catering hall? Yes,
3: exactly. Did you have a DJ? Did we have a DJ? We had a live band. Oh, you did? Live band. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they spelled my name wrong. <laughs> the, the, the green At part. my fucking bar mitzvah. <laughs> I'm enough of a neurotic Jew at 13 years old in Security Square. No. They spelled my name wrong Wait, at you? my bar mitzvah. The
4: synagogue? The or caterer. The, the caterer.
3: The You know, all the napkins right. and the plates. Oh, so the, everything <laughs> that was,
4: had your name on everything it? Everything like had the my monograms? name on it. yeah, everything. It was,
3: it was like you were at somebody else's party. Like the hats, the shirts, the giveaways, the the little cards, the big plexi sign board. You spent the whole day it looking had for Matthew, Matthew with had one T. Matthew with one T, yeah. Oh. Very good. I've n- never quite recovered.
4: I don't blame you. <laughs>
3: 24 that's, years that's later. That's traumatic. Yes. Never, never quite recovered. Anyway, so today actually is D-Day. Did you actually
4: become a man is the question?
3: Oh, I've been all man (laughs) since I've been like four years old. Except for when he reads the intro and he's like, "Ah." Yeah, when I go through puberty when I read the intro. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But today is D-Day. We pay homage to our uh, men and women who stormed Normandy. Uh, My grandfather was one of them.
4: Your grandfather was? Yes. I did not know that.
3: My grandfather flew a C-37 or a C-47 a uh, cargo transplant, transplant transport that carried like 50 or 60 paratroopers into enemy territory on D Day. Wow. He was the crew chief of this plane.
4: Is this Grandpa Greenswag? Grandpa Is-
3: Herbert Greenswag, yes. My father's father.
4: Is he still with us?
3: No, he passed away in 1979. Oh, wow. And now you pilot the stupid cancer show? Yes. What? <laughs> more, like, more like, I was gonna say more
4: like crash land.
3: Yeah, exactly. Fred yeah. of the yeah. chair force. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Well, anyway, that's that's a That's good, a
4: fascinating bit of history. Yeah.
3: My grandfather the, was was the man. He was of the, awesome. of the Greenswag family. Yes, exactly. Exactly.
4: A noble pursuit.
3: Yep. Well, anyway, today actually is um the day after National Cancer Survivors Day, so we need to pay a little tribute to the fact that we get one day a year where people try to care that we survive cancer. Well, young adults, we
4: get, what, one week, actually? We get a week.
3: <laughs> breast cancer gets a month. Pretty much every yeah. other body part gets a month.
4: So if I if I add up breast cancer, the one week for young adult, and the one day, so that's pretty good. I'm batting, you know, five weeks in a day.
3: Five weeks in a day, yeah. That
4: I get to celebrate the survivorship. Thank you, Matthew.
3: That's 30, what? That's 36 days. Yeah. I can right? demand.
4: <laughs> now, um... Did, did you get brain? Is there brain tumor day?
3: Yeah, there is National Brain Tumor Awareness Month. I think is in February. Oh, or, it's the whole month. Mister Eric Galvez would probably tell me it's in February or March. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's it's it, it was recent.
4: He's our he's our brain tumor expert.
3: He's a resident brain tumor douchebag. Yes. Yeah. He's been on the show.
4: <laughs> he's been on the show. Wow. Mass Kickers is his organization. Eric
3: is awesome. Yeah. Eric is the man. He's a great guy. And he likes when we uh. We totally make fun of him. I'm going to paint his chair pink. Yeah, <laughs> Kenny rode in his mo- in motorcycle in his wheelchair, <laughs> his motorized wheelchair. I've ridden in it twice. Yeah, in two different cities, <laughs> and on a boat.
4: How many and, speeds yeah. does it have?
3: Uh, it just has one. Okay, I'm going to say that it goes a little quicker for uh, for Eric. Yeah.
4: Well, talking, speaking of the um, National Cancer Awareness Day, yes, that was yesterday. I'm going to give a little shout out to my hometown people up in. Uh, the Hudson Valley, Phillips Town—that's an area. Here's a little geographical history for everybody. That encompasses Cold Spring, Nelsonville, and Garrison. And they had their uh, American Cancer Society Relay for Life. And guess what? It was the first t- one that my town did, and they raised forty-three thousand dollars. Pretty great.
3: I did that in an hour. Oh, come on! I think you raised like three hundred bucks for your birthday wish. Two hundred ninety-something yeah. bucks for my birthday wish. Congratulations! Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, nice going. Right.
4: 43,000. So I'm uh, applauding my Phillipstown brethren for their Relay for Life.
3: Congratulations.
4: And uh, how about Weinergate?
3: Uh, it's the story that never ends. If irony had irony, <laughs> if irony had a Wiener, <laughs> it would be this. Unrelated to anything else, but we just have to talk about it because it's too damn funny. Well,
4: it's related in the sense that he's a big champion of the
3: uh,
4: Obama health reform. Yes. And we actually would love to have him on the show to discuss
3: that well yeah oh my dad's in the chat room uh, dad if you're listening uh, what was the name of the place I got bar mitzvah at because today's the uh, 24th anniversary and let him uh, pop I, up I love them. how it's a verb what it's like where were you bar mitzvah? that's the verb no I know but it's like where is what? at what venue was my bar mitzvah held we'll see anyway so right, I, I digress sorry about that
4: back to Wienergate Wienergate bar mitzvah Wiener.
3: <laughs> well, everything's related. Like there exactly. He's probably yeah. my first cousin, Rep. He, Wiener. Yeah. Well, he is from Brooklyn. Yes, he is. He is. Um, yeah, I mean, he was caught red-handed. Or whatever, gray underwear. Harry Palms. Here we go. <laughs> he was called Harry Palms. Yes, exactly.
4: But I think that we were very prescient in, in wanting an interview with him because we had been pursuing him before he then gave 8,000 interviews every, everywhere right. in the media. Right. On an entirely different topic. We had no idea... But did he? It, what it, was brewing?
3: Is he just too nubile <laughs> to realize that you can't lie upon lie upon lie?
4: No, it really is. It's it's unfathomable in this day and age that somebody could think that anything could go out over the internet. Whether you think it's a private tweet or whatever you're doing, everything's public on the internet. I, I don't understand this. But I this don't...
3: means this means that he's done this in the past and gotten away with it. But how? Did like the frog Twitter graphic program? Like, did he make it is private? It, maybe he did like, a... Uh, well, it couldn't do a facial recognition. <laughs> no, God, no. No, not that part.
4: I don't know, but everything is... Look, er, everything's public on the internet. You can access anything on the internet. Why you put, would possibly... And the, the the shirtless photos show his face.
3: Yeah, exactly.
4: I mean, it's just crazy. But I love
3: that his, like, Twitter photo is, like, his bar mitzvah picture. <laughs> did you notice that? See? Yeah. It
4: goes back to the bar mitzvah. Exactly. Wiener
3: Bar Mitzvah. Oh, my father chimed in. Um, the Washington Hotel in Bell Harbor, Queens.
4: Okay. You guys hop a lot of uh, boroughs in your family.
3: I don't know why we did it's it this trip. way. Like, the, the the synagogue was on Staten Island. And I had, like, friends from, like, junior high school that were coming with me. But they were, well, they'd take them this giant shuttle bus, like, 40 miles east out to Long Island to Bell Harbor. Boy, that's a lot of schlepping. I don't know. Like, what possessed... do. Anyway, I love you, Dad. Thank you. <laughs> he saved a few bucks. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Burns. Yeah, exactly. But they spelled my name wrong, so we got no no discounts. Anyway, but yes, anyway. a wiener is a wiener.
4: So I can talk about lymph nodes.
3: Yeah, you had a scare. I
4: had a little bit of a scare in the middle of the night last week. Actually, before uh, the week prior, actually before our last show, I don't know, two o'clock in the morning, I felt a uh, enlarged lymph node under my right arm. Was which it was it hair- Wiener's
3: tweet? I was, say just, what, I was gonna say that's what I was gonna say that's he said. Yeah. <laughs>
4: my lymph node was very excited at seeing the sweet. It Just
3: expanded. You had a raging. You had a raging, raging lymph right, node.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh dear. Um, anyway, it was the one under my right uh, armpit, which is where I had a mastectomy and reconstruction 16 years ago, and had 15 lymph nodes taken out because that's what they did back in the day. They didn't just do the sentinel node like they right. do now. Yeah, yeah. The one closest to the the breast as it were. And uh so no, 15 of them are gone, so I thought and they were all um they were all negative. So I thought, well, this is very interesting. Right. And um I managed to go back to sleep. And I woke up the next morning and I thought, this is very large. I should go see the doctor. So I went in to see the doctor and first they were going to needle biopsy and next, they said, "No, I think we should do a core biopsy," which I thought
3: and uh, what's the difference for our listeners?
4: Thank you, Matthew, for asking. Well, a needle biopsy is they just stick a needle in, and they take basically a few cells right. to look at under the microscope. So a core biopsy is they actually had to anesthetize the area locally
3: with a needle. And like an apple core? Or they. And then
4: they, well, uh, Almost. They yeah. uh, put something. Um, it's been described to me almost as a caulk gun. I know you don't do anything handy around the house, Matthew. But that I'm familiar be, with a caulk okay, gun. Okay, so yeah. a caulk gun. So they basically pushed the caulk gun-like object into the node, and they took out three different chunks of tissue.
3: I picture the, those like ice core drills in like Antarctica. Right. bring out those... Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's Just pretty, like that? Pretty much like that. With Dennis Quaid? No,
4: oh, sadly, no. Okay. <laughs> um, so then they... Uh, and, and so the my node, the doctor said, looked interesting, which is not really something that you want to hear as a patient. I can understand if he's in the classroom teaching yeah. his medical students. <laughs> this node looks interesting. But when you're the actual live patient there, interesting right. is not necessarily no. the yeah, word yeah, you want yeah. to hear. So I had a kind of a jittery Memorial Day weekend waiting for the result to come back. Um, but it all came back negative, and, uh, which is quite nice. I'm thankful for that. And nobody really knows. I didn't have any big cut on my heart. Arm or my hand or anything that would make it. it didn't it didn't hurt, which also was not a great sign because normally if they get infected in large, right. they're painful. Mine was not painful, which was of some concern.
3: So, but the moral of the story is go to the I'm doctor. Not a tumor. Yes. Okay. That is exactly well, it. That is the moral story. Please Thank to you. Please get a cancer scare. Applause.
4: Thank you very Cheating much.
3: Cheating death for the umpteenth time. <laughs> Welcome to my world.
4: <laughs> let's knock all the wood now. Yes. Um, but good good to get in there. I'm very grateful, actually, that I was able to be seen the yep. next
3: day. Yep, yep, yep. So. All right, well, Onward. we can talk about ASCO with uh, with Sona um, because CaringBridge had a presence there, and it, it's all really important that the doctors know about this stuff. But we have our in-studio live uh, Survivor Spotlight tonight, so let's cue up. What music should we play for you? Hmm. Mm. Looking her in the eye. And mm. I'm gonna mm. yeah. A little Barry. All right, you're getting rickrolled. Oh, like it a little Rick Astley. All right, Brita Aragon, entrepreneur, natural beauty expert, natural beauty, and cancer survivor founded Cinco Vidas in 2008, which provides expert resources and safe solutions to those going through side effects from chemo, radiation, or medications, or who experience skin conditions like eczema. I don't know what that word is, and chronic dryness, itchy skin. <laughs> Rosacea. Rosacea. Okay, thank you. (laughs) You learned something new. I feel so stupid right now. All right. Uh, Rosacea. Yeah. (laughs) Rosacea. Rosacea. I'm hooked hooked on phonics. (laughs) She lectures on safe self-care for compromised skin in the New York area and is also the author of When Cancer Hits and the creator of CB Skin Lab. Please, welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, Brita. Aragon.
2: Rita, Thank you. Rita. Cinco, vidas. Yes, thank you. So happy to be here to share my story. We're happy to have you. Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yes. Congratulations. Let's start with that. Yes, it was uh, 16 years old, uh, 20 years ago now, and uh, found a lump on my left collarbone, and we didn't think much of it. Yep. We went to family doctor's. She right away did the bo- said we'll do a biopsy. She sent me to a next specialist right there. She's like, you got to go right now. Went to the next specialist, and 20 years ago, the result of that was the doctor calling my mother in a different room saying, "Your daughter either either has Hodgkin's lymphoma or Hodgkin's disease." And my mom just said, "What is that?" And the doctor said, "Cancer." So that was uh, 20 years ago, and. Um, you know, I was so young, I didn't really understand, I didn't really know the seriousness of the disease. Um, I ended up having a year of chemotherapy, and I was also going to have radiation, but I didn't have to have it. Lost all my hair, gained yep. some weight from the steroids. She found it, though. I fa- yeah. She found lots of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's an amazing head of hair that, that Brita has.
3: Yeah, what's my excuse?
2: <laughs> well, you know, I think... I think it's very interesting that we're talking about this because through my. It's long
4: and dark, by the way. We have no visual. So if we're talking about her hair, we should describe it. It's like Breck Girl long, dark, healthy, nice hair. Isn't
3: Breck like a really bad, toxic brand with crap inside it? Sure. Okay. Yep. Okay. Anyway, it's It's not Breck. We'll we'll call it CD Skin Labs hair. hair. It's Pert. It's Pert Plus. I'll I'll post. It's so
4: much better. I'm going to
3: send your your, uh, Facebook
2: picture to the group.
4: Nice. So um, let's backtrack a little bit, though. So I, I'm
2: not clear on this.
4: What is the difference between Hodgkin's disease and Hodgkin's lymphoma?
2: Well, that's just it. The the doctor had told my mother that if there was the one of the cancers to have, that I'd rather have Hodgkin's lymphoma because it was easier to treat and the odds were a lot better. So that's where we left it. I never really went into to the others. So Hodgkin's, they're very close. They're both cancers of the lymph nodes. But I had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. Okay. And, um, yeah, so, but talking about hair and a good head of hair, you know, for me, at 16 years old, I don't think the diagnosis itself was what impacted me. But what impacted me the most is that I was going to lose my hair. When well, you are in
3: high school? yeah, uh, they, they make fun of you with hair. So. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And they
4: were airing Brett commercials and Pert Plus commercials back then. They and we, were.
3: And, and Sergio Valente jeans. Right? Okay. (laughs) On buffalo jeans, too. Good stuff.
2: So, yeah. So, what I did for me today, my hair is, I have to say, one of the most... It is an important thing because it just takes me back to that 16 years old when I lost my hair and I was in high school. However... I went and got wigs, and I did wear a wig through high school, which, uh, you know, I had a a very good experience, because most of my high school did get behind me and was very supportive.
3: Did you lose your eyebrows or your eyelashes?
2: Yes, that's another thing, you know, it's like the doctors... You know, they tell me you're going to lose your hair, but did I know I was going to lose my eyebrows and my eyelashes? Absolutely not. These are some of the side effects that they don't really tell you about. You've more than made up for it because you also have absolutely perfect eyebrows.
4: I don't even understand how perfect your
0: eyebrows are. That's amazing.
3: It's like looking into the sun.
2: (laughs) Into the sun. That's an interesting analogy. I try. I try. (laughs) Well, thank you, Lisa. And thank you, Matthew. You're welcome. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld used that analogy, by the way,
4: for cleavage. He said it's like look, he said it's like looking into the sun. You can't look exactly at it. You just have to get a sense of it and then look away.
0: <laughs>
4: wow. <laughs> anyway. Thank you, Lisa. You're welcome. Lisa, bring on
2: everyone. <laughs> okay. So, so, Brita, for how long?
3: How long did, did it take you to finish your treatments and, and your hair to grow back?
2: Um, well, the hair, my hair didn't absolutely fall out immediately. It was just starting to fall out. Long.
3: Oh, the pretty way.
2: The pretty way, absolutely. In,
3: in treacherous clumps. Okay. Yes, and
2: my dad decided to when I started to it started to thin quite a quite a bit. We decided to shave it, and um, treatments were about seven months. Hair came back curly. I always wanted to perm it because it was straight, and it came back curly. And I went and got extensions. I think about three months after that, and the hair started to come back pretty quick. Are you Canadian? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm actually Mexican, but I grew up, I spent about 20 years in Vancouver, Canada. Okay, I just had to comment on the about. About, yes, that's where I get caught. Okay. No, I love it.
3: Well, she told me she was was Canadian before, and I promised I wouldn't reveal that. You're from both
4: both continents, above and below us. Absolutely. You're just a North American.
3: It's actually the same continent. I meant.
4: That's what I meant.
1: <laughs>
4: Back to the booze. <laughs>
1: it's
3: separated by
1: Back this body the of water
3: called the United States. <laughs> <laughs> this toxic haven of ignorance. <laughs> I've
4: I've never met somebody who's completely representative of our continent. But just not about. As, yeah, not our so, entire continent. So, right. Just right. about. Anyway, about just
2: a, a booze. <laughs> <about a move. laughs> okay. However, I had. Um, I actually wanted to share that I had a second experience with the disease, and this was about eight years later. So I went into remission, Matthew, to answer your question, seven months, hair grew back. And nine years later, my father was uh, diagnosed with colon cancer, and he fought about an eight-year cancer battle. And um, so through his, me seeing him go through all the difficult side effects and myself not being able to find any resources or any solutions that were really going to help them with the side effects, Um, it really, I, I was lost. I felt really lost, confused, and when Dad passed away in August 2007, it dawned on me that it was my purpose and my mission, my personal mission, to pass on my father's legacy and to dedicate my life work to helping others in the cancer journey, and therefore that's where I started Cinco Vidas. And tell us about Cinco Vidas. And first of all, tell us about the name. Yeah, the name. So as we've already shared, I'm Mexican, so Cinco Vidas is Spanish. And since that was my heritage, it really had a meaningful ring to it. And number two is dad had colon cancer, but it spread into four different areas of his body and spread into the uh, lungs, liver. Um, It spread into the bones. And then he had a secondary cancer. He had a brain tumor. Wow, so he went through a lot. He went through yeah. a lot in eight years, and so we I named it Cinco Vidas for five times that he had cancer, five times that he renewed his commitment to life, hmm. and um, that's that's what Cinco Vidas.
4: That's nice. Well, that's wow. wonderful. So tell us about what Cinco Vidas offers in terms of products and care, and for for survivors out there.
3: It's obviously enchiladas on a mountie.
2: <laughs> that comes with it. <laughs>
4: That was very good, Matthew. You've been crafting that for the past five minutes. Yes, I have. That's you did well done.
3: Well, I was gonna say I forgot the name of the the, the reindeer things you have up in Canada. They're not like like elk or deer or something. What are those? Manitou. No, no, no. That's like Oof. a fish. No, ma, uh, ma, uh, caribou. caribou.
0: Caribou. I was I close. Could, uh, I, was close. I, I said
3: Mountie. I wanted to say I, uh, I like tacos caribou, on caribou. Caribou. Right. Caribou. Okay. They have Canadian bacon walking around. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, sorry, I digress. Go ahead.
2: That's okay. Uh, Cinco Vidas, um, one of the things, like I mentioned, I couldn't find resources. Um, And when I did, I would find either sites or different pamphlets, books, but they had very little information. It wasn't as detailed as what I needed because Dad went through cancer for eight years, so now I'm a caregiver. I'm wearing the caregiver hat. I'm a survivor being a caregiver. Um, It was very difficult for me to find a place with For all the new side effects that were just popping up, so I started with a blog that is a very successful blog today, and it's an interactive community. And then from that, it dawned on me that I really needed to provide a resource that people could have in hand. Whether you're going through through cancer or you're a caregiver and you wanted to help a loved one, to really give you information about what to do from A to Z. So I wrote When Cancer Hits, which will be out in September. And it's a complete guide to taking care of yourself through cancer. And um, so that was the second project. And the third project was providing safe solutions for compromised skin because, as we know, skin is the largest organ of the body, and when we go through chemotherapy and radiation, the skin definitely takes the brunt. So I've created a line of products that comforts and repairs compromised skin, and it has absolutely no ingredients that are potentially harmful. I thought you were going to say no ingredients.
3: <laughs> At all. <laughs> it's just air in a tube. <laughs>
4: it's
2: like going to one of those oxygen right, rooms. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yes,
3: yes, yes. It's a hookah bar for your skin,
2: exactly. Well, the main thing is, I wanted to provide solutions that didn't add in additional toxins to the body. As we know, the body's already taxed with a top.
4: So, how difficult was that for you to come up with? I mean, had you done anything in the skincare business before? Because it's challenging. We had a show uh, just last week where we were talking about cosmetics.
3: Right, well, she knows Mia. She knows the folks at yes. the Campaign for Safe Cosmetics. Cam-
4: right, and, and Rami, who was here, who has a, a product line of cosmetics. He was talking about the challenges of taking out preservatives like parabens, uh, that it's often very difficult
2: to find substitutes. So how did you go about this? And I'm so glad we're talking about this because it is very difficult. You have to really make a decision when you start a process like this that you're not going to cut any corners and that you're going to do whatever it takes to get the job done without stepping out of integrity. So. It took me a year to, first of all, I hired an organic chemist and a Chinese medicine doctor from the U.K., and I did research for a year, number one, on ingredients. Number two, I toured around the U.S., finding a manufacturer that would actually align with my vision and not want to do what they want to do because it was easier and faster. So once I did that, I found a team of people that had worked in the beauty industry, and my background is in beauty. I'm a makeup artist, and I've worked in the beauty industry for 10 years. But on the other side, I never worked behind the scenes. And I never really knew how much work it would be. But the passion that I have to really help people going through the journey surpassed the late nights, the sweat, blood, tears. It didn't matter. So I like, was. Is
3: blood in your products?
2: <laughs> on the side of them. Okay.
3: <laughs> Very nice. So. She actually works in a. Uh, but the blood's been tested. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she works fine. in a slaughterhouse.
2: Yeah, the blood's been through a lab.
3: Okay, good. Matthew, what
4: have you been drinking?
3: I'm on vitamin water zero.
4: Wow. That's amped you up. I'm all right. Naturally sweetened.
3: Yeah, there's like no bad stuff. Let's talk about like uh, accountability and Wienergate in our chemistry. There's nothing in here. (laughs) You can take vitamin water zero. There's nothing bad in here.
4: The color of that it looks a little blood, the, the,
3: the, col- a... the
4: color of that wa- vitamin water looks a little bit like it came from Wiener Actually, Gate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's, that, that's the only drink that comes out the same way. <laughs>
1: it's, it's, okay. it's
3: called Rhythm.
1: Um, yeah. You know what? Let's
3: just let's just, let's just stop there.
2: <laughs> really, has got a raging liver.
3: Reed,
4: <laughs> I'm so sorry.
3: <laughs> no, so uh, so how do you Let's market digest. yourself? Like How do people know what you're well, doing? What types of uh, feedback have you gotten? And what's
2: the product line called and it comes out when? The product line is called CV Skin Labs, and it comes out February 2012. And um, I have a blog right now, the Cinco Vitas blog, which is at www.cincovitas.com. And uh, for now, that's how that's how I market myself. I've been writing for about two and a half years. Specifically on the side effects of chemotherapy and radiation, and really creating awareness about carcinogens in personal care products, and food, and the environment. And the response has been incredible. People are writing in, and they're 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 just expressing their gratitude to find a place that really takes them, gives them solutions. And because this is all so overwhelming, as we know, it's it's very overwhelming. And being able to just have a place that specifically deals with what's going on, I think, um, is a lot of relief, especially for caregivers. We just put up Cinco Vidas in the chat room, so folks yeah. can log on and they can check it out. Amazing. Excellent.
3: Really amazing. Well, you're here for the whole show. You're sticking around. You don't have to stay silent when we're on the, on the other uh, conversations. But uh, we've got to end this segment. Uh, Brita Aragon, everybody.
2: Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Mexican,
3: Canadian, cancer survivor, and American. American. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice, we have to come up with some we gotta make the
1: candy
3: to the rescue, yes, candy to the rescue. all right, let's breeze through our news Hello, here I'm
1: Kent and and uh it we'll
3: bring on our Caring bridge folks, just the facts, ma'am.
1: Lisa
3: Matthew, you don't really start this, I know, but I just figured I'
4: okay you're. Head on over to events.stupidcancer.com. Try to keep it shorter, you know. Your calendar for all of our social and educational events nationwide. Stay in the loop because something could be happening in your neck of the woods and we don't want you missing out, Matthew.
3: We've got events. We've got a Stupid Cancer Happy Hour in D.C. on Wednesday, July 13th. We have our Stupid Cancer Boot Camp in Chicago with my Uncle Fertility at Northwestern, Johnny Irwin. Your Uh, Uncle Fertility? My Uncle Fertility. <laughs> My uncle, fertility. I have an uncle, fertility. What, what, did he fly a plane too? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I
4: can't think. We're gearing up for the 2012 OSU I didn't finish the event. Go
3: ahead, Matthew. (laughs) Do you have more? Tuesday, June 23rd is a boot camp in Chicago, and this Thursday is the fifth annual Stupid Cancer Ungala right here in New York City at stupidcancerungala.com. Come
4: to our Ungala, folks. There's more tickets left. Come Thursday night. Matthew, tell them again where it is and what time it is.
3: It is from 7 to 10 at Taj Lounge on East 21st Street. Right in the heart of Chelsea. And we're all, we will all be there. We will all be there. Come take the Kenny Kane drinking challenge. Uh-oh.
4: <laughs> we are gearing up for the 2012 OMG Cancer Summit in Las Vegas, Nevada early next year. Get the scoop on our upcoming Save the Date. Join the Facebook group
3: and sign up for the mailing list. Visit omg2012.org. Alrighty, folks. the stupid cancer forums have more than 800 members now goes up like a hundred a week. It's amazing. This is your premier online community to connect with survivors, patients, parents, and caregivers just like you. Visit stupidcancerforums.com sign up with one click through Facebook. Do you want to help us but don't know how? Join the Stupid Cancer Street
4: Team. It's free. It's easy. Win great prizes and build our grassroots efforts and meet thousands of authentic fans from around the globe. Sign up today at stupidcancerarmy.com.
3: All right, our friends at Cancer and Careers are having their first ever national conference on work and cancer. Friday, June 17th, right here in New York City. Our chapter is all over this, like wine on rice. We're going to be there. We're promoting it. If you live in the New York City metro area, check out cancerandcareers.org forward slash conference.
4: And as always, be sure to register with Immerman Angels, our partner in one-on-one pure matching, at immermanangels.org. And check out the calendar for First Ascent, the premier YA outdoor adventure organization. Visit FirstAscent.com. And that, Matthew, is your, your stupid, stupid cancer, cancer news.
3: <laughs> All righty.
4: Wow. This is a new one. Oh, things this are, is a great oldie. Things
2: yeah. have gotten a lot cooler since I, uh,
3: I left. <laughs> well, Rick,
4: Rick Astley, we were not so sure about that before, but... Yeah. Sona Mering, we are so excited that she is here. She is here from CaringBridge. She's the founder and CEO of CaringBridge, which is a nonprofit that provides free websites that connect people experiencing a significant health challenge with their family and friends. She'll share the powerful story of CaringBridge and how social networking has provided a globally beneficial way to support people during and beyond cancer. And she'll talk about our new partnership. Yes, I2I has a partnership with CaringBridge, which we are very excited about. We also have with us Nick Nonya, Nick Nonia? That's the one. Right. Nicholas
3: R- Ritavuto. Yeah, I get two Ritavuto. different names for him. Why do you
0: have the wrong name here?
3: No, it's just two different names. He's the same guy. <laughs> okay, I'm thoroughly confused. No one gave me the memo on this. Yeah.
4: I'm going to go with Nick R- Rivituso, Rivituso, because I okay. like okay. that. He's 24 years old. He's a licensed veterinary technician, and he's a two-time cancer survivor. He's got all kinds of great hobbies. He's a flautist. That means he plays the flute. He does yoga, he loves reading and socializing, and he's working on a book called The Many Faces of Young Adult Cancer. It's all about different young adult cancer survivors and their personal stories and how each of us are different and different how we handle it and how we fight it and how we survive. That's what we like to talk about here. So please welcome Sona Mering
3: and Nick
4: Rivituso.
3: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. And
4: most importantly, we should mention that Nick
3: has a caring bridge page. Yes, he does. And that's why he joins me here. Exactly. Not just me.
4: He joins
0: all of us here
3: tonight. Well, hello, Nick. Hello, Sona. Welcome back.
0: Hello. Well, thank you. It's great to be here.
3: Yeah, you're a returning champion, Sona.
0: I am. I think it was about a year ago.
3: It was. It was, a, it was about a year ago. It was a good show. It was a really good show. It was
4: on the last anniversary of Matthew's Bar Mitzvah. It,
3: what, yes. Yeah, what, exactly. I remember
4: it well. Yeah. Should I, should I cue up the
3: Jewish music the, you're again? You're the
4: special bar mitzvah guest. We
3: keep, you have to mention bar mitzvah? <laughs> All right, anyway. Um, but sort of before we start, I need you to guilt Kathy Tomlinson, um, who is the catalyst that created this amazing relationship that we have.
4: She's in our chat room. She's
3: in our chat room right now, but I told her at threat of embarrassment um, that she needs to be on the show tonight, and she's not. So... We need to collectively make her feel bad. We're going to call her. Yeah, we're going to call her right now.
0: Absolutely. Okay, I can't good. believe she wouldn't even be involved.
3: I don't think she likes you very much. Yeah, you I'll work totally, on that. You can totally <laughs> fire her. <Yeah. laughs>
0: she sent me this long note today to remind me of the show and to make sure I was going to be ready and told me all the backstories that she learned from many people she met uh, at uh, your your what, oh, summit, was it, uh, about a, yeah. a couple weeks ago.
3: There are pictures we can't show you She
0: loves you guys She loves
4: you guys We'll just talk about Kathy the whole show
3: (laughs) (laughs) that thing about pictures and social media And your employer (laughs) Exactly, yeah, we can't do that
4: So, Sona, tell us about this You've created uh, an amazing organization here An amazing service for folks These are free websites Tell us how you got it all going
0: Well, it was 14 years ago tomorrow So right around the anniversary of the bar mitzvah
4: Of course (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, so it was 14 years ago, 1997, and a good friend of mine had a very premature baby and asked me to let everybody know what was going on, and I thought, boy, I'm going to have a hard time doing that. So I turned to my background, which was in technology, and thought, I'm going to create a website. And in fact, the same night their baby, Bridget, was born, that first caring bridge site was born, and of course instantly ease the burden for me making phone calls and all that emotional energy of telling people what's going on. But that wow effect of how the power of connecting friends and family, whether they're across the street or around the world, was just amazing that how you can connect hearts behind the keyboards and really bring that hope, love, and compassion and just make it alive through this site. And it was through that experience that, boy, this can be used for any type of health journey health experience, and of course a cancer journey uh, is very much something that CaringBridge helps with tremendously. Not only that patient, but that caregiver. So, um, Barita, I'm sure you could have uh, relate from both having cancer as well as caring for your father that something like this would have been just a wonderful uh, tool and service to have to let people know what's going on and to let people stay connected and send those messages of love and support. So tell us actually how it
4: works. Walk us through it practically for the folks who are listening out there who may be interested in in setting up a a page on CaringBridge.
0: You go to CaringBridge.org. So you can do that on your mobile device. You can do that on the, you know, browser. There's actually an app on the iPhone. There's an app on the Droid. You can download the CaringBridge app. But you go to CaringBridge.org, and right on there you'll see create a site. Very simply, you can create a site. In fact, you can create a site for someone else and send it to them and they can publish it. So you can make this easy not only for yourself but for someone else you know that maybe is going through a health journey. There's some basic information you have to provide and then you also choose what type of privacy level you want. You can customize it with different styles, for example. Uh, I'm Too Young for This Stupid Cancer Show. Um, has a great style that uh, you can put on your website to personalize it. And it has a journal where you can tell people what's going on, as well as a, a message slash guest book that people can leave messages of support, a photo area, a tribute area, a place to put links to more information, kind of the basic building blocks of being able to build a community around the experience you're going through.
3: One of the things I like about CaringBridge, and actually, how many people are using your services as of today?
0: There's a couple of numbers I like to say. In the last 12 months, 43 million unique individuals have visited someone on a CaringBridge site. So that's a big family of Not too 43 shady. million people are lending love and support. We have close to 300,000 CaringBridge communities c- created. So 300,000 people that are going through a health journey.
3: That's extraordinary. One of the things I wanted to point out is that, you know, people use, like, Facebook, and they use blogs, and they use Tumblr, and they use whatever. You guys have an amazing system where it really it respects the privacy of the person going through the, the uh, their, their situation, where they're in charge of the content that they push. They're in charge of screening who wants to get in touch with them. And it really empowers them to take control over things they may not have control over, correct?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, the way you can communicate is one of the things you can control when you get in that diagnosis, and, you know, it really just changes your life. And CaringBridge has always taken a unique approach to privacy, and every day as I hear more and more about the other social networks and what they're doing about privacy, I realize how unique our approach to privacy is. And as a nonprofit, we can really honor that in that the privacy is up to the the – author and the creator of the site. It's very transparent. It's very easy to change. And, in fact, the site is kept very protected. We don't uh, have ads on it. We keep it free of ads. We don't sell the data. We actually block it from search engines. Many Cambridge sites are available through search engines because people actually post their, their website address somewhere. But, by default, it's blocked from search engines. It's protected. And it is just a to us it's more of a sacred space it needs to be more of a protective space because it's that kind of an emotional um conversation that's going on.
4: Well, we should bring in Nick and talk about how he found Caring Bridge and uh went about setting up his page. Nick, you with us? Yes, I am. So, tell us your story. I know you're you're a two-time survivor, is that right? That's correct. And you came upon Caring Bridge when?
1: Uh actually back in December. Um my doctor is the one that actually mentioned it to me.
4: So that's great that that you you' it's you're obviously carrying bridge entrenched in the medical community, and physicians and medical uh, and healthcare workers are out there letting particularly young adults know that this is a place where they can turn to set up pages. so your doctor told you about it, and you set up the page on your own and 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 tell us how it's gone from there
1: um I mean it's gone pretty fantastic i um, I'm still fighting those types of cancer um, I have chronic lymphocytic leukemia and non Hodgkin small cell lymphoma. Um, I was diagnosed with leukemia in May of last year, um, and like I said, I had my doctor had mentioned caring Bridge to me back in December. Um, I had started the page then, and then I was diagnosed with the lymphoma later on in early January of this year.
0: Are
4: the so, two are um, the two related?
1: Um, yes and no. Um, lymphoma can happen when your leukemia becomes metastatic. Um, which is what happened in my case. Um, but the type of complex of the lymphoma that mine took on was just a secondary cancer.
4: Secondary, okay. So you're current now are you still currently in treatment for for both?
1: Yes, that's correct. Okay. Where where are you in treatment? Where do you live? I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Are you at UPMC? No, I'm at alligating general. Oh,
3: okay. Are you happy there? Yes I am. I think there's a Gilda's Club out there with a young adult club, isn't there? There
1: is. Shout out to Gilda's Club of Western PA. I do go there quite frequently.
3: Well, that's pretty cool. I know most of the people out there, so send my love. And uh, if you ever want wristbands or swag or stuff, let us know.
1: Most definitely. Will do.
4: We'll do. Well, I'm going to bring up Kathy Tollinson's name again because she brings up a um, good point in the chat room here where you chose Kering Bridge over Facebook because why, Nick, specifically?
1: Um, I chose CaringBridge more so over Facebook. Um, one, the privacy settings are fantastic. Um, I can definitely, um, I'm able to allow there to be another author if I'm not feeling up to writing, number one. But number two, I don't have people that are able to just Google my name or go to, like they can go to Facebook and Google my name and find all of my info and find what's going on. I don't have to worry about that. So my entire cancer journey is specifically on CaringBridge. And anyone that I have want to be able to connect with and to know what I'm going through, they're able, I'm able to give them that information. They're able to go there. They're able to see everything that I'm going through. And, you know, I don't have to worry about coworkers or um, employment, things like that, finding this information, um, you know, or if I was to interview somewhere else, you know, they could Google my name and I don't have to worry about that popping up. You know, where yeah. all of a sudden, oh, Nick had cancer, you know, and then ask that in the interview or something like that, where that ends up becoming an awkward situation. So yeah, um, I'm sorry?
0: No,
4: that, that that's a good point. How often do you find yourself uh, on your page?
1: Um, I'm normally on there two to three times a week. Sometimes I will only post something once a week. Um, a lot of times I will go on there um, to add new pictures or just to check the guest book, um, things like that.
3: So I, my question for you, Nick, is in the sense of, you know, let's look at Facebook. Facebook made a whole think about how they've changed their privacy policies, um, but I completely understand, like, they could change their policies again without telling anybody and everyone would know that you're sick or whatever. What, do you have a, a career? Are you on a job path? Are you in school right now?
1: I do have a career, yes, as a veterinary nurse.
3: So are you concerned about, you know, um, your employers like searching you out, or have you been open with them? Just, yeah, yeah.
1: You just seem to allude to that, right? I have been very now. open. Yes. Um, however, you know, there's always chances for improvement in, in any career field. So, right. If I was to go and apply somewhere else, or like I'm looking towards applying for um, a specialty in veterinary nursing, you know, for different um, career advances that I can make. I don't necessarily want them, I know a lot of companies end up Googling you or trying to look for information on you online. Um, and that's something that can come up, you know, I, I checked my name out on Google not that long ago and a bunch of things popped up because of Facebook, because of the young Adult cancer charter for rights, um, because of many things like that. So at least I know, you know, they may be able to see something there, but they don't know necessarily that I have cancer, just that I support people with cancer. Um if Caring Bridge was to pop up on Google, they would see absolutely everything. So
3: right, and, and Sona, what what technical lengths do you guys go to to not be searched by Google? What what is it like you have to tell them don't search us or you have to like have this whole crazy system in place internally that blocks Google?
0: Well it's a combination of that. There is rules of engagement on the internet where you can uh as you code pages, you can Mark them as non-searchable. And then there is certain firewalls and things that you can put your data behind. So it's kind of a combination. Um, You know, we're not a um, totally secure uh, HIPAA bank, but we do go to links to make sure that um, in the normal processing of uh, Google searches, of, of search web bots, of things that are out there crawling to get every information, those are all blocked.
4: And, Sona, also, uh, in the time that you've been out, there are some other web pages out there as well for patients to set up sites, to set up pages of their own. What is the difference between what you offer and what some of the other organizations out there offer?
0: Well, I do know we're the only nonprofit that really doesn't have ads, doesn't sell data, and really treats it as a mission. Uh, And it's been that way since day one for those 14 years. And to me it's always been about, you know, similar to... (laughs) it's really been a passion of mine and similar to the story um... Barita was talking about earlier in the show are you kinda understand what's needed and it's always been driven by when people are in this state they need to have this type of space and while it could be driven by other profit or other means it's always been driven by we're here to serve a mission of helping people and making their health journey easier And as long as we are able to do that and do that as a nonprofit and provide value, we are striving to our mission. So that is the biggest difference between us and really any other um, service that's out there because every other service is out there um, usually selling the data and almost always selling some type of banner ad space or click-through space.
4: And how sort of user-friendly are you, and do you find what really is your demographic? Do you find you have more younger people who are coming to you, or is there a mix of ages?
3: Well, they do now with the stupid cancer skin. That's right.
0: That's right. Uh, it's been fairly across the board. It's actually been 35- um, to 54-year-old women, um, and I think women are the great communicators, and maybe they're, they tend to begin to be that communication hub but it has expanded beyond that quite a bit, and it has been starting to get more into the younger demographics um as they go but it's not definitely not just young people um we have a lot of very um older demographic adopters that are visitors um And a lot of times we get great messages from people that says this is the first time they've used the Internet because they've been too scared of it. So we work very hard to make it very easy to use because we know there's an Aunt Betty out there that needs to visit their nephew, Nick, and uh, we need to make it easy for them.
3: What um, types of technical challenges have you quite possibly met with, with the emergence of social media and all these new platforms in the last five to seven years? Um, is is your site pretty much what it was, you know, from day one, or has it adapted and adopted the user experience?
0: Well, the the core of what we do is the same, but we have definitely adapted. We can, we have we spend a lot of time on the user experience. And as these other platforms and other social networks have exploded, um, awareness is number one for us. And we actually do have integration with Facebook. Um, at the author's you know permission so they can do a Facebook connect if they want to they can post a a notification on their Facebook wall but again it's all under the author's control Uh, we have really kept up with the explosion of mobile Um, everybody's off the desktop People's computers are in their hands, in their pockets. Um, we have, like I mentioned before, we we have really focused in on the mobile experience, which is always a much more personal experience anyway. So people actually share more through their mobile devices and are more personal through their mobile devices. So we have continued to stay in front of that.
3: Now, now just to go back to Nick real quick, we have an author. Uh, Rita is an author. Nick, it says you're working on a, a project. Is this going to be a book?
1: Yes, that's the plan.
3: So uh, obviously the inspiration is you know young adult cancer and many faces. Um, what do you see this project looking like when it's uh, when it's all finished?
1: Well, there's something that um, just recently started within the last couple of months between me and my friend Alexandria, who I actually met at the OMG Summit. Um, nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you know we're we're just looking for it to be. You know when I go when I was first diagnosed, I was trying to find information. I don't have a whole, I didn't originally have a lot of computer access. And I was trying to find books on other young adults that were going through cancer. And I really wasn't able to find a whole lot in regards to personal stories or a culmination of different stories and tips and tricks as to what to do. Um, I know a few books have come out recently, like from Planet Cancer and things like that. But um, Alex and I were definitely thinking of trying to interview a few people and get stories from other young adults, you know, their experiences with cancer, um, how it's changed them, you know, what type of problems they had prior, during and after treatment, you know, what type of health conditions they have now because they were treated for cancer that they originally never had. Um, So, okay, they may be in remission and may be considered cancer-free, but what other health issues do they now have to go through in battle because they had to go through cancer treatment? Um, and, you know, just the emotional aspect as well is to how to handle it. Um, and we wanted different tips and tricks as to how to deal with things like chemo brain or nausea or surgery scars or um, radiation, you know, different tricks like that as to um, how other people had dealt with it and what they think may help, you know, these other young adults that are going through the same thing, how to explain things to family, you know, when you're dating, if you're single, you know, just how to deal with things like that.
4: So I have a, I have a question for you. It actually came up. Somebody actually just pasted um, on my Facebook page where we were promoting a tonight's show, a, a friend of ours, Susan Miller, who oh, has sure. been, a, be, yeah. been a guest on our show. She's a producer and breast cancer survivor. And she actually writes of CaringBridge, this was a very meaningful site for my cousin Leslie who died of cancer last year. It was a wonderful way for everyone to communicate. Um, that uh, Which is a lovely, a lovely comment. It brings up, though, when somebody does... A pass away. What can you? What do you do with their site? Is it something that the family can then keep and sort of archive and hang on to if they want to sort of always see that correspondence?
0: Yes, people can keep the bridge site for as long as they want. We also have uh, something we call the caring book, where many times people will create an actual book uh, that will be almost a keepsake. But we find that people keep their site. Um, For many reasons. One, uh, if it is an end-of-life situation, it it becomes a a memorial, and people visit it from time to time. They'll leave messages, especially on the anniversary of um, perhaps when they passed away. Or if it's a survivor, they'll celebrate their five years of survivorship, uh, things like that. So the CaringBridge sites tend to live on uh, past the intense experience. And it's one of the great things that, you know, they can have the CaringBridge site for as long as they want. And Nick mentioned earlier that we have um, a co-authoring ability. That's something that's unique also to CaringBridge, where you can share authorship duties. And, uh, you know, if someone does pass away, it's easy to transfer that authorship to someone else uh, so that, you know, it's not just digital death out there and no one can get to this account. So that is something that we take of care of very well
4: right so in other words if you're not feeling up to writing on the page yourself you can sign over authorship to a sister or a parent or somebody to update folks
0: for you right and it's they're both active at the same time you don't have to like it's not like a big sign over or anything like that you can have up to i think four co-authors that can help you throughout this whole journey and we find that that tends to happen quite a bit it might be a a mother or sister or you know the patient themselves
4: but it is interactive in the sense that people leave comments as you were saying before, and you can you can have that kind of dialogue with your friends and loved ones on the page
0: yes it's it's not quite like a facebook wall but it it has a journal which keeps the the journal all together, and that's to me important because it's the health journey that's happening and then there's a guest book message area where people can leave messages
4: so what else would you like to how else would you like to grow? caring bridge going forward.
3: Yeah, well,
0: 43 million is not enough. It, it's not. I mean, it is, uh, unfortunately, it's still just a drop in the bucket. Um, it was fantastic to hear that Nick found out from his doctor. That is something we do a lot of proactive outreach to the health community, to health care professionals. This is something we feel should be prescribed, should be part of every care plan. So it's heartwarming to find out that the, his doctor actually recommended it. We've talked to people in the past where when they went through an experience and we were telling them about CaringBridge, they started getting very upset and very angry that no one told them. Um, So that is still how much we grow is through grassroots. It's great to be on the show to to let people know about CaringBridge. It's a free, easy to use service. People should let others that are going through some type of health journey know about CaringBridge because it's a very simple, free thing that people can give each other. Uh, You can even go to CaringBridge and actually create a site for someone else and send it to them, and they can easily publish it so they don't even have to go through the easy steps of creating it. But we are very focused on continuing to increase awareness and reach more families that are in this health journey that could be helped by CaringBridge. But we are also seeing just the wonderful ability to amplify caring in the world, and uh, why that sounds kind of, um, you know, world peace-ish, there is just a wonderful ability that, uh, just like you probably saw at your summit, when you bring people together, there is this amplification of love, hope, and compassion that is important to bring to any health journey.
3: Now, you guys do exhibit, though. I've seen you having booths, like, all over the place. Do you try to doctors more than nurses or or who do you see as your target besides obviously the users who are your true energy in the uh, the engine that drives the grassroots do you try to, I mean are you evidence based or do you do surveys or how do you get yourselves into like maybe a CME or into university centers Uh, do you have a standard by by which that this, the entire medical institution's clinical uh, sort of sector would know you exist
0: a couple things. We do do very proactive outreach to healthcare professionals, and we do target primarily nurses, social workers, chaplains, um, you know, child life specialists, as well as doctors. But it is more of those people that maybe spend a little more time with the families, and as well. We do not have a medical study that we have, like a double-blind clinical study around Caring Bridge yet. We've talked about it. We have done our own internal surveys that really lend a lot of credibility, as well as just the other research that has been done around um, people with more um, social connections are actually healthier in life. Some of our own findings show that more than 80 percent of people that have used Caring Bridge believe that it has helped them in their healing process. And over 90% believe it's a positive experience for everybody involved the visitors, the caregivers, the patients. And so there's lots of evidence within our own communities that show that there's significant positive impact when people use Caring Bridge.
4: And where do you get most of your funding, Sona?
0: All of our funding, <laughs> 92% of our funding is from individual donors. So people that have used Caring Bridge and see the value. Um, will turn around and provide charitable contributions that keeps bridge alive for the next person.
4: Has there been any other challenge to fundraising, you know, beyond folks? I mean, I'm assuming you try to go for folks who don't necessarily, you know, haven't used the site or um, cast a wider net. What's What's been the, the biggest challenge to that?
0: The biggest challenge to, like, going after foundations or, or larger kind of um, grants is, the Caring Bridge is uh, kind of a unique service. It fits, in, you know, it's, it's it, while well, it's within health, it's not a, a true health service that people can, you know, it's not doing research for a cure. It's right. not a, it's in technology, but it's not quite in technology. It's not for one condition. It's for a broad range of conditions. So that's the biggest challenge around, like, larger grants. But, frankly, we have had, since we have broad reach, And it is such a valuable service. The model of using individual donations have been very solid and very strong. It continues to help us do more outreach and help more families. And I think the level of impact and value we bring um, allows us to be funded through individual contributions.
3: I mean, I think you just hit it home with me personally, at least, and with this organization where if it's not about research, no one seems to care. And the idea of, like, psychosocial support or quality of life or comfort, Um, it's not something that the system is sort of geared towards supporting. Would you agree with that?
0: I would agree with that. I mean, a lot of people want to have that very tangible line item. And um, so that's – and especially foundations and grants, they have that written into we don't give money unless you can do X. So, yes, I do think that happens quite a bit. Although it is opening up, I mean the more holistic approach is definitely um you know family focused care patient focused care they are getting that it takes you know if nothing else, hospitals alone can see once someone starts using a carrying bridge site, people stop calling the nurses to bother them because they understand what's going on so it's it's starting to to take hold and really within the health community gain momentum.
4: Nick, we'll close. We have getting close to where we have to wrap here, unfortunately. But we'll close with you. Is there something, one single moment, or one comment, or one, uh, just really one moment where you were using CaringBridge that you kind of realized, wow, this has really made it special and better for me as I'm going through my illnesses.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, I use the journal very frequently and it allows me to be able to tell my story. Um, The one thing I really like in regards to the guest book is like Sonia like Sonia had said it's not like a Facebook wall so you know someone can leave a comment or a message of support and there's really no expectation of my having to comment back on it or you know get more emotional over anything like that. Um, (laughs) there There was a comment um, that my mother had left. It was just a little poem that she had put on there. Um, and, you know, that, that changed the entire world for me because, um, you know, I don't, my family is very far away and I don't allow them up here during my treatment. I just don't want them to see me go through half the stuff that I've been through. And Caring um, Bridge has definitely allowed them to be there with me, even if financially they can't make it or many other things. They're able to go through everything that I've gone through. They're able to understand what I'm going through. I don't have to go through the emotional conversation every single second with each individual person. You know, I can say it once and they'll know. And I think that's
4: a, that's a great point. Not that's only the just, value. Not only just to share the right, but... but all the emotion that goes with it of right. having to tell people over and over again, or Absolutely. that's a beautiful thing, right? Or to see responses from it and not feel obligated that you have to say something back, but to just, um, yeah, that's lovely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that so way,
3: people get much much annoying, you they "Go go to my wall, <laughs> go to my character's face, <laughs> leave me alone."
0: Well, what it does happen when you tell someone the story and it's interactive? You many times the patient ends up consoling them and helping them through their. Right. right. You know, and that's the emo- not only is emotional energy for you to tell your story, but then they're reacting, and you want them to feel better. So when when you feel obligated to do that, that's just additional emotional energy to be spent.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is great. It's a terrific service. Obviously, as I said, as we've been on the air here, people have written in to say that they know loved ones that have used it and how helpful it's been in their journey. So we thank you both so much for coming on. Sona, for uh, filling everybody in on it, and Nick, telling your story,
3: and Kathy, and, for setting the whole thing up. That's right. And Kathy, and, right. <laughs> <Thank> you, Kathy.
4: <laughs> and Nick, we wish you well on your on your journey.
1: Thank you very much. Stupid
0: cancer, <laughs>
3: Pittsburgh,
1: dude. <laughs> Most definitely, stupid cancer, Pittsburgh.
0: <laughs> and Nick, this is Sona. Thank you for sharing your Karen Bridge story. It's those personal stories that really people resonate with, and that's why Karen Bridge is growing since day one. So, thank you.
1: Thank you for starting it. I can't
0: tell you how much it's helped.
3: Well, there you go. The magic happens. Right Absol- here.
0: Absolutely. All
3: right. <laughs> Have a wonderful time, guys. Be good. Good luck with everything, and uh, take care. Thanks so much. All right.
0: Thanks, Matthew. Thanks,
3: Lisa. Sona American and Nick. How did you pronounce his last name with that great accent? Rivut something? <laughs> Nick. Rivutis. Rivituso. There you go. I think Sona
4: um, pronounced her name. So- did she say S- Sona?
3: Sona. Kathy we said it was Sona, so I'm going to blame her. It looks
4: like Sona with one N.
3: Well, I mean, technically, like, if you do phonics, which I'm really bad at, apparently, it's S-O-H-N-A would be Sona, but right. S-O-N-A would be sauna. 'Cause because it would be, but like, a But then maybe you o. would think
4: sauna would have two Ns.
3: Well, then it would be, like, S-A-U-N-A, like sauna. <laughs> I'm getting sauna like Donna. <laughs> yeah.
4: Right. See, then Donna has two Ns.
3: Yeah, what well, would it be in your language? But Sona has one N. <laughs> Sona, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Phlegm. I'm going to just keep going with the chimichanga on a caribou. <laughs> well, 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 hang on. Well, uh, Brita. Brita.
4: Brita. She's not filtered water.
3: Yes, she's not filtered water. Did you have a, do you have a carrying caring bridge page?
2: No, I don't.
3: Right, because it was 24 years ago and there was no <laughs> technology.
2: Ding, 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 ding. That's right.
3: What did you do back then? Did you write? Did you? How do you express yourself?
2: Morse code.
3: Carrier okay, bridge. Was, wasn't yeah. it 16 years ago?
2: No, it was 20 years ago. Oh. 20. Yeah, 20 years I'm getting, ago. Between
3: your, between your, <laughs> bar, bar mitzvah. Mitzvah. <laughs> All right.
2: Really, I just relied on on my friends, and because there wasn't, you know, the internet, right. didn't uh, exist. No, and and I didn't really journal, and I, you know, the nurses, between the nurses, my friends, and that was my healing, especially at 16. It's just. Feeling that I could be okay and be with my friends on the weekend and not feel sick. Right. That was essentially what brought me the healing. Yes.
3: Good. Well, I mean, but it's amazing that we have resources like these today, and it's not just some one-up, stupid internet website. This is purpose. This is meaning. This is well thought out. Three hundred thousand people. That's pretty impressive. Forty-three million visits. Yes. You can't argue with that.
4: And they're global, beyond this country.
3: Oh, sure. Yeah. I hear they're even in Canada and Mexico. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't have anything to play that sounds like Mexico. Nothing up here. You don't have what that?
4: about Canada? What about the like cucaracha? <laughs>
3: don't
4: you, you have Blame Canada?
3: I do have Blame Canada, actually. I knew you would. I gotta, I'm going to find that and pull that up. Ah, whatever.
4: Whatever. It's getting late, Matthew.
3: It is getting late. We might have to wrap things up. I think we should wrap things up. Okay, this let's wrap things up. This a good show. Up. All right, now it is time for our closing sequence.
0: Prepare to activate Uh, I hear there's rumors on the, uh, internets
3: You ever seen a grown man naked?
0: And so, to all of you, a fond farewell Hooray, I'm helping
3: You are a meathead
1: Oh, Magoo,
3: you've done it again
0: That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer
4: everybody that is tonight's show our 188th broadcast we hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at stupid cancer
3: MD yes we'd like to thank our in-studio guests intern Kenny intern Susie real Kenny and real James (laughs) and our live in-studio guests Brita Aragon Nick Ribuzzo and Sana Maring from Karen Bridge Please join us next week, June 13th, when our show will be all about the
4: Penn State Zon. That is the largest alumni philanthropy program in the country. Who will be here? Kirsten Quisenberry. She's the PR chairperson for the Penn State Interfraternity Council. And Sean Shapiro, who is a young adult cancer advocate and he's chairperson. Of the 2012 New York City Hope Gala and he's also a member of the I'm Too Young for This New York City Planning Committee and in our survivor spotlight Dylan Moser who's a childhood cancer survivor of leukemia
3: Okay, if you missed any of our past shows download them all for free on iTunes at iTunes.StupidCancer.com or check out the archives of all of our shows over the last four years at StupidCancerShow.com Remember folks, if it's not stupid, it's not cancer live from the deck. On behalf of Lisa Bernhardt and Swollen Lymph Node, myself and our whole team here at y have a great week. Love Go to bed, Kathy!